Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keuchel, Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans. Welcome in. It is the Sox on Tap postgame show. Johnny Nani here alongside NWI Steve on Tuesday, June 1st, discussing, unfortunately, a White Sox 5-6 to six loss to the Cleveland Indians. Steve, um, been a little bit since I've been on the mic, so good to be back, first of all. Uh, how are you doing, my man? Hey, yo, Johnny. Yeah, nice to be back on here with you. I know I was uh, kind of MIA for a little bit here over the last couple of weeks, and then obviously you traveling a little bit, so it's good to reconnect here and uh, get back on the mic together. Yeah, absolutely. I wish it were on uh, you know, kind of a happier note here, but uh, unfortunately that's just the cards that we were dealt tonight. Uh, Dylan Cease didn't particularly have it, so we will get into all of that and the little, uh, you know, okay, there were some exciting parts of this game, uh, but we'll get to all of that before our little standard housekeeping here. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at SoxOnTap uh, and at Sportsnet for the main account, visiting OnTapSportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Uh, this show is presented by by Grandstand. So make sure when you're shopping for White Sox merchandise, go visit Grandstand right near the ballpark or visit them online at GrandstandSox.com and on social media at Grandstand Sox. So, Steve, like I mentioned, a 5-6 to six loss here in Cleveland tonight. Uh, I hate to lose two in a row, obviously dropping the second half of that doubleheader yesterday. Uh, but the main story here to start, uh, let's go, you know, Dylan Cease versus Shane Bieber tonight. Uh, Dylan Cease did not particularly have it. Uh, to start with some thoughts on him. You're right, Johnny. He he certainly didn't have it particularly with his secondary offerings. Uh, slider really wasn't very crisp tonight. Had some tremendous issues putting guys away when he would get ahead and counts 0-2-1-2. And that was just kind of a theme throughout uh, the entirety of his outing here. And unfortunately, it, it was you know tough to see it happen against you know Shane Bieber, obviously one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. Um, anytime you have that circumstance right there, that's not going to help your cause there. And you know, not it wasn't just you know struggling 0-2-1-2 to put hitters away, getting two outs in innings and, and struggling to close out innings there and get the team back in the dugout there so that they could do some things offensively. It just uh, it just wasn't able to close things out. Yeah, it's unfortunate, too, because we have seen some uh, nice outings from Dylan Cease. I wouldn't say dominant, but some decent ones, ones that can get you wins. Uh, that was not one of them tonight, uh, certainly for all of the factors uh, that you mentioned. And then also going up against, you know, Shane Bieber. Um, there, there are some offensive things that we'll have to talk about here, but it's always a tough task, man. Uh, I think it's a little bit daunting. And we saw, obviously, the pitchers duel that happened between him and Giolito earlier in the year. Uh, so uh, always just kind of a, maybe a little bit mentally uh, kind of straining uh, going into it game like this but um, either way uh, as we open it up let, let's talk uh, scoring here in the bottom of the first uh, tribe go up two to nothing here uh, on this and Steve I want you to kind of walk through this inning and talk about some of the you know little miscues here that we have because we have a Collins uh, drop third strike uh, that, you know gets the backstop and granted it was a nasty curve it's in the dirt 
got to get out there and block it. But uh, that allows the inning to extend in these runs to score afterward. And then you get a Timmy double clutch here. So uh, just thoughts from the first inning here, because it looked a little sloppy to begin with. And I don't think it left a good taste in many White Sox fans mouths. Yeah, I think it was pretty reminiscent of what we saw maybe the first three weeks of in here with a lot of defensive miscues kind of giving the opposition chances to add runs early on in games and extend innings and ultimately jump up pitch counts and you know we hadn't seen that for the better part of maybe the last six weeks or so while this team has been playing particularly well and it unfortunately just reared its head at a very inopportune moment against a team that's chasing you in, in the division and again you know kind of what I talked about uh, leading into things here this this was just kind of symbolic of Dylan Season not being able to close things out um, to, to get out of an inning there. Obviously, you have the draft third strike situation there, and, you know, we can talk about whether or not Collins should have been able to smother that ball or not. You know, there's obviously then an opportunity for Dylan Cease then to close out an inning, uh, get a strikeout, pick up his catcher there, or, or just, you know, get out of the inning altogether one way or the other. And he just simply wasn't able to do that. And I think that's really the difference between Dylan Cease and Shane Bieber right now. Shane Bieber, when placed in some of those situations here. He obviously had that pretty strenuous second inning, but he was able to limit the damage. And then after that, he was able to shut the door on the White Sox offensively, whereas Dylan Cease wasn't able to do that. I think that's really the contrast between the two guys right now, and you see where they are in their career trajectories at this moment. Uh, it's very <laughs> evident, like you'd mentioned, uh, you know, in Shane Bieber, much more established throughout his career, and, you know, uh, Dylan Cease only in what, year number three here, and even then, he had some shortened ones. He was only half of the 2019 uh, shortened season in 2020 so uh, you do have to take that into account but at the same time uh, you, you would like to see some progress in those sort of you know shut down killer mentality I think is the word that the terminology uh, that we're kind of looking for there um, a, a little comment here because there were a couple more notes from here um, you know does Grandal block that ball that Collins like go by in the first uh, that's that's a great question there we've all kind of seen you know, money Grandal has had some defensive issues after I'm not going to sit here and say definitively that he would have blocked it in that particular spot because, again, like, like you talked about leading into this, that was a pretty nasty breaking ball from Dylan C. So I, I don't know that we can definitively say one way or the other that Yasmani Grandal would have squared up and, and would have blocked that ball and kept it in front of him. So I think that's probably a little bit unfair to Zach Collins maybe in that spot. Oh, yeah. And we're just playing hypotheticals here because we wouldn't know unless he was in that yeah. spot. So I just wanted to bring that up. That was a comment. Thanks to uh, Jordan Miller uh, for bringing that up in here. But otherwise, uh, the last thing of this topic first here, uh, excellent diving play by Andrew Vaughn. Uh, I'm very, very surprised with the defense. I thought we were going to get I thought he'd be better than Eloy because how can you really get that much worse? Uh, but <laughs> really, really some outstanding plays so far, Steve. There's been multiple diving catches. This is not the first time uh, he is laid out and caught a ball. And this was in a big spot. Obviously, if that ball drops, this inning continues and the bleeding just, you know, Dilsey's can be even going even shorter than three in the third this game. You're absolutely right, Johnny. I think that a lot of us had question marks about Andrew Vaughn and his ability to handle the left field position coming into the season, being that he had never played it at an organized level before. We talked about this, I think, when Eloy went down was just get just make the plays that you can make that are, that are right at you. And then maybe sprinkle in one or two plays like we saw from him here in the, in the first minute. And don't take that. And, and I think even the, 
uh, given them that two point here. And I think as time continues to progress, he's, he, I think he's a pretty smart player. Over, he'll kind of start to learn some things. He'll start to learn some angles and, and be able to get better reads on balls over time. I don't think the range is ever really going to be there, but I don't see any reason why he can't at least be a serviceable left fielder at this juncture. Yeah, no, and it, it definitely just gives you hope because I think it was just kind of a plug-and-play to get the bat in the lineup, and that's essentially what we were looking at, uh, at least how I looked at it going in because you just didn't know, too. He was never at the major league level, didn't, didn't have the minor league experience with COVID, whole, uh, you know, shutdown, just, you know, taxi squad stuff last year. We didn't know exactly how that went. So uh, that was a nice catch to round out that first. Um, all right, let's go to the top of the second here uh, because, interesting, the White Sox would take the lead here, and it was on a very uh, interesting play. Uh, whole sequence overall you know lamb walks one out uh and then uh you, you get collins with the single uh, with two outs and billy hamilton man coming on as of late obviously the home runs over the weekend uh but this you know he drives a ball really really well hit to the gap so in for a little bit of power here billy hamilton not, something i did not think i would ever say but he has been as of late so i'll give him the props there and uh you know he, he's got wheels so he gets the third it's a triple uh throw comes home and trip uh, trickles away uh from hedges there and billy hamilton heads up up, as always, comes in, slides right under Shane Bieber's tag, who's covering the plate. Uh, and this is a inside the park home run. I don't care. I know the official scoring, Steve, is going to be a triple uh, and reaching him on an error there, but I'm gonna give him in the socks on tap, uh, official scorebook, and uh, uh, inside the park home run for this one. Are we at the point where we just need to start calling him Billy the Bat? I mean, he, he's just, you know, he's really turned into a guy that, uh, for lack of a better term, he's becoming an offensive force here in, in these last couple of games. And look, I got a little bit of crow to eat here. I will say this, um, you know, very early on in the season, I was someone that was of the mindset that Billy Hamilton should never have a bat in his hand. He should only be utilized as a pinch runner, late defensive replacement. And he's making me eat my words here for whatever the reason he's having a nice little bit of a resurgence to this point um here obviously since Luis robert went down and i think we need to talk i think maybe in just more generalities about the bench overall and some of the role players on this team and the contributions that they've gotten to this point from not just billy hampson but jake lamb has continued to go out there and provide quality at bats for this team larry garcia has picked it up in recent weeks here so you know and even zach collins yesterday had had a key art um two two run double there so they're getting nice contribute in uh, hockey terms there from from the bench players that a lot of people were heavily scrutinizing coming into the season saying that the Sox really didn't have a quality bench and look over the course of 162 games maybe that plays out but right now they're getting solid performances and they're getting timely hits from a lot of these guys and making key positive contributions to help this team win ball games right now did Hey, Steve, you name that you mentioned there, you know, Billy Hamilton's hit here is the one that did, uh, you know, drive in those three and put the White Sox up at this juncture in the game in the, uh, excuse me, in the top of the second here. But Jake Lamb, a guy that goes two for two tonight, draws two walks as well. Um, you know, he he's shown some, you know, po power in, you know, kind of timely spots a little bit, you know, obviously over the weekend against Baltimore. So um, I think that that's important to highlight too, because I am right alongside with you. Uh, I would have said that Billy Hamilton's yeah, sure. A great, you know, pinch runner, uh, defensive replacement of that. And then Jake Lamb is just kind of your spot guy. Like when a guy absolutely needs a day of rest, you only seen him maybe once a week, twice a week, max. Uh, no, that, that has not been the case because uh, obviously they're trying a little something different, uh, trying to keep guys a little more healthy, uh, rotating these guys in, but it, it is nice to see 
those contributions come through a uh, decent day for Jake Lamb, like I had mentioned. So uh, unfortunately, the Cleveland would tie this thing back up in the bottom of the third. And Steve, it's time to just stop pitching to Jose Ramirez. I think that's the bottom line here. He is the latest in a long line of Cleveland Indians hitters that just torched the White Sox. You know, obviously I grew up uh, during the age of Jim Tomey, who is, you know, again, someone that gets propped up by White Sox fans on a, on a pedestal. I'm old enough to remember when he was making my life a living hell playing in that Cleveland Indians uniform. Then you transition over to guys like Travis Hafner and, and Grady Sizemore. And then, you know, you look at obviously Francisco Lindor and now Jose Ramirez is that guy. And it is just so irritating. Anytime he comes up to the plate with anyone on base, because you just get the scaries. You just feel like something bad is about to happen regardless of the circumstance. It's almost it's like we're preconditioned at this point to realize that when Jose Ramirez comes up, it's going to be in a pivotal spot and he's going to come through and it's going to it's going to hurt. So this would just be the first juncture of this because this was a leadoff double to start this inning in the bottom of the third. Um, and then uh, we would get two outs after this here. Uh, but then uh, you get um, a. Uh, excuse me, Hector Ramirez, uh, RBI single here. The other Ramirez, I got to put, you know, H and J before these in my notes here to kind of separate them here. But yeah, uh, that would tie it up here at three. Um, unfortunately, it is, I think it's just the kind of closeout thing that you had said there because Dylan C still in at this point. You get the two outs after Jose Ramirez, uh, you know, leads off with that. Uh, but then Hector Ramirez laces that ball, I think, in the left field. And that tied this game at three. Um, and we'd go on to the bottom of the fourth where Tribe would add even more. Uh, Zimmer leadoff single hedges, uh, two-run home run uh, out to left field. And uh, that, that is a guy that you don't want beating you because his average, you know, has just been trash so far. And uh, <laughs> he's able to rope this one out to left field. Uh, it just feels like kind of like a, you know, punch in the gut. And they wouldn't even be done then because after Cease comes out, uh, Jose Ruiz comes in uh, with Rosario walked uh, after, you know, the bases were cleared. But Rosario walked to so that point one more on for Jose uh, Jose Ruiz coming in to this one. And uh, that would be a uh, RBI double uh, from Mr. Jose Ramirez. Uh, man, like I said, it's just time to stop pitching to him. And uh, it's frustrating when, when these are the guys that are beating you here. Yeah, you know, you talk about Austin Hedges and the two-run homer that he hit, and this was something that I highlighted early on here when we got going, uh, just Dylan Cease's inability to have command of his secondary offerings here. This was a breaking ball that just simply got too much of the zone, hung it, and even a guy that is struggling as much as Austin Hedges, when you make a mistake with a secondary offering out over the heart of the plate, even a guy like him, going as bad as he is, can do damage with him. That's what we saw, unfortunately, right there. Yeah, slider getting pounded today for Dylan Cease. I think that was kind of the uh, story of it with, with a lot of those hard hit balls and obviously uh, in a critical spot like that um, with the hedges one there. So um, all the scoring would cease uh, in this game because we got some decent uh, performances outside of that. You know, Ruiz uh, letting up the RBI double to Ramirez, the first batter he faced. He pitched a one, two, three, fifth. Uh, Burr goes a one, two, three in the six. Uh, he also made a nice diving catch in there. So he gets some, you know, Cease made a nice play back to himself too. So some nice fielding from the White Sox pitchers today. I guess that's a small positive take out of this. Um, and then Crochet, uh, he, he goes one, two, three in both the seventh and eighth. Uh, and then we finally get to uh, the top of the ninth uh, with, with the White Sox up. 
And uh, Jake Lamb tuning it again. Uh, he leads off with a single. Uh, and then Vance is second on a wild pitch. Vaughn flies out, but Collins, like you'd said, kind of uh, supplementary guys here coming through. RBI single to keep the train rolling. And uh, then you would get uh, Adam Eaton striking out. He was pinch hitting for Hamilton in that spot. But Anderson singles, Madrigal singles, back right back up the middle to keep it. Just, you know, keep the line moving. Uh, and then this is where, uh, you know, Mancata, uh, he walked after that and the uh, rally fell short with Jose Abreu grounding out to end the game. Uh, tough night for Jose. Uh, you would like to see him. He had a couple of spots to have a chance here, uh, but he ends up going 0 for 5 tonight. Um, and it sucks, Steve. I hate seeing this right after, you know, earlier today, named the American League Player of the Week uh, for this past uh, week. And it seems like, okay, Jose's getting hot again. And then you get a game like this, a goose egg for five. Uh, just sucks, especially in the spot. That's just baseball humbling you. You know, when when just when you think things are going great, this game has a way of bringing you back down to earth. Like you talked about, Johnny, Jose came up in a couple of pivotal situations here, grounded into a double play earlier on in the game against Shane Bieber. And then in the eighth inning, had an opportunity when, when the Sox looked like they had a little bit of a rally going, popped out to first base there. And then, you know, this situation here had Karen check on the ropes. You know, he was doing his whatever bullshit he was doing with whatever substance he's got in that glove right there. I mean, the, there, there's something going on there, and he, it's very blatant at this point how this is not – getting investigated by the league at this juncture is beyond me because it's right there on camera for everybody to see, um, you know, and then Jose gets himself in a good count two zero count against a guy who he had just walked Moncada and Jose goes after a pitch out of the strike zone uh, grounds out to, to kind of end the rally there. So just like you said, really frustrating day there from Jose Abreu. That's the guy you usually one up in those spots. And uh, today just wasn't his day. Yeah. And, you know, as with the, I, I think with the Karen check thing, just funny that you say that because Steve Stone finally explicitly said it on the broadcast way back. I went back and just looked for when this was Tony, our guy, Tony on tap wrote an article May 1st, exactly one month ago today. And that was back a uh, series on the South side, Karen check, you know, the, he closed down a game with some very nasty stuff. And he was, you know, what the reliever of the month for April, I believe, um, you know, and it was always going to the glove there. So yeah, I wonder about that uh, with him, but back to the game itself here. Uh, I hate silver linings. I'm not that guy, but at the same time, I can say that the rally, the late sort of kind of pushback, Gives me more hope in whether they get this game in or not or whatever. We'll get into that, the weather report in the next game preview. Uh, but it just gives me a little bit better feeling going forward than just fizzling out and dying and losing 6-3 to three in this game. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. You, you like to see this team continuing to fight all the way until 27 outs right there. Um, like you said, I mean, you know, I'm not a silver linings guy much myself either. You know, you play to win the game, as Herm Edwards would say. Uh, but the fact that, you know, they didn't roll over and die out there is, I think, pretty symbolic of just what this team is made of. And I think what they have shown consistently throughout the course of this season you and I know from watching this team over, you know, the last, you know, 10 years or so here on uh, last year, notwithstanding, look more, more oftentimes than not in recent memory, this Sox team would not have been competitive in that ninth inning right there. So to see them continue to fight all the way until that 27th out, I think that is a positive sign. And considering that they're doing this shorthanded, um, given a lot of the injuries that they have, and look, a lot of other teams have injuries, but you know, the fact of the matter is this team is continuing to fight all the way until the very end, and you do like to see that. 
Yeah, for sure. I got a couple more points from this game, then we can move on and preview uh, the series finale. Like I said, if it gets in, uh, we'll get into that in a second. But uh, bullpen, keeping this thing in a spot to where the White Sox could possibly make a comeback. Um, I think that was big and should not be overlooked uh, because some of these guys are a little bit new, uh, especially, you know, I mean, I know we've seen Crochet, but still he's new himself to the to the league pretty much with the shortened season last year, getting called up in, you know, whatever, early September, whatever that was. But Ryan Burke uh, coming back, I know he had pitched a little bit earlier, uh, you know, uh, this is in his first outing of the year, but still like what I saw from him. Uh, good to see, uh, you know, Garrett Crochet with two, one, two, three innings here. Um, so I think that is also big, you know, from an individual standpoint, sure. The team you play to win the game, like you just mentioned there. Um, but I, I think it's big for those guys, especially Crochet coming off of a little bit of an injury too, getting that, you know, feeling back on the mound, feeling good, feeling like he can get guys out and did that effectively tonight. And Ryan Burr also, even after, you know, dealing with uh, the first out that he recorded was that diving play uh, off to the side of the mountain and the kind of weird uh, little pop-up there. Um, so uh, I, I think that was big for those. And then a point here that Sockside Mike brings up. Uh, currently, I'm just as afraid of the tribe as I normally am with Minnesota in the past. Uh, we got our dogfight, and it isn't who we thought it would be with. It's with the Cleveland Indians, not the Minnesota Twins here. Uh, and I just wanted to leave that up to you here, Steve, uh, because you are the notorious uh, AL Central Hater, uh, we I think we all do, but you do uh, definitely more vocally. So go ahead, elaborate. <laughs> look, look, that's um, that's a great point there by by Mike. You know, as as I've talked about previously, I'm a little older than a, a number of you guys, so I remember growing up in the in the mid to late '90s and the Cleveland Indians just ruining my my summer um, for you know the better part of almost a decade there. So. You know, them and the Twins are very much one in one A for me. It it really just kind of depends on who's you know ultimately the more competitive team in a given season. There, I hate both of them equally. I hope all the bad things in the world of baseball <laughs> happen to the Cleveland Indians. They just they deserve it. Their fans don't ever deserve to know the joy of what it's like to win a championship. Um, so I understand what uh, what Sockside Mike is saying there, and they're just a really annoying team. And it just for whatever the reason, that ballpark there has kind of turned into a house of horrors for the Sox over the last decade. I mean, we've seen so many walk-off home runs against this team take place in that ballpark. And, you know, Jose Ramirez has been the culprit of a lot of those there. So for whatever the reason, you know, there's something psychological with this team. Now they have, you know, played them a little bit better this year, going five and six so far through 11 games after going two and eight a year ago. But you definitely want to see them, and this is going to kind of obviously jump into um, talking about tomorrow's game here. You want to see them go out there and find a way to get this win tomorrow here, get the split, because you just lost a series on your home field to these guys a couple of weeks back. Um, obviously, you know, that's that's a less than ideal situation, and, you know, it happened in a circumstance when the team ultimately lost Luis Robert. You don't want to turn around now and drop three out of four to these guys here lose two straight series to them and then kind of give them a little bit of a mental edge over you here as as we progress here through the season yeah and i know we're still you know the calendar just turned to june we're here june 1st uh talking about this game here um but also just looking at standings wise too uh, and i know this is going to probably go you know back and forth for uh you know majority of the summer here through the dog days but uh for this one, I, I think it's big because, you know, it's two, two and a half, which is still, you know, you're okay. I would think any White Sox fan would take that. If you're two and a half games above and you're in first place, and you said that at the beginning of the season, I think we would be okay with that. And I am. I am with, okay with where we are now. But you, you lose that, and then you're trimming that down to a half game. You're under 
Wandier uh, if you lose this and drop, you know, like you said, the three of four uh, to Cleveland here. So I think it's big for that. Uh, both, like you said, mentally kind of, uh, you know, giving them a mental edge. And then also just statistically here, when you look at the paper, I mean, the players are, they're in tune with all this shit. They go and they look at that. They see that and they know, they look at the MLB standings and they, they know where they stand uh, in what each of these games mean. So I think it would be big uh, for tomorrow. And I think that's a perfect point to transition into this. Uh, it will be a series finale here, June 2nd on this Wednesday, uh, 12, 10 PM central time start is the plan. Uh, that, that is the scheduled start time, but there is a 65 ish percent chance of rain uh, at that hour out in Cleveland. And uh, you know, that chance increases later. So I don't know if we're going to get this game in, but Steve, let's preview it as if we were. Um, right now, uh, starters that are listed uh, are Eli Morgan and Lance Lynn. Have you seen anything to the contrary to that? Because this is a little bit of short rest then for Lance Lynn. I, I have not. That seems to be the plan with Lance Lynn here. And that was one of the questions that I had as to why uh, he came out of the game after five innings last Saturday in uh, game one of the doubleheader. Or, or excuse me, in game two of the doubleheader there. Um, you know, and that's something that Tony had talked about after the game was the fact that he, he they were planning to bring Lance back here on short rest. And look, this is kind of the guy that you want in this spot. Lance Lynn has showed that no fear mentality that, that I'm just going to take the ball and be fastballs of all kinds of different varieties. And I'm going to shove it up your ass. I don't care who you are. I don't care what uniform you've got on you know the cleveland indians don't scare him he's going to go right at him he doesn't give a shit and that's the type of guy that you want in these spots here you've lost two in a row you don't want to lose a series and you're going up against a division rival i can't think of anybody else i'd rather have on the mound than lance lynn tomorrow yeah, so this is the first time I've been uh, on the mic in a little bit here, and I love the quote uh, that came out in, in between uh, the last time I was on and now, uh, the Lance Lynn. You know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of an asshole. Uh, that was his quote, his direct quote uh, he's talking about. So I, I agree 100%, and I think that just backs up everything that you were just talking about there, and I agree. Uh, no one you would want uh, better because you finished May 5-0. Uh, and 0. You know, I know pitcher wins and losses aren't the end-all, be-all anymore. Uh, we all know that. There, there's more to it. But you look at the numbers even behind that. Uh, it's been a damn solid month here for Lance Lynn. Ever since coming back from that little IL stint he endured in, what was that, late April? Um, ever mm-hmm. since he's come back, uh, he has been, uh, you know, one of your most consistent guys. Uh, and if we go back to our season preview show, uh, what did I say? Lance Lynn, Team Cy Young. So, there we go. <laughs> so, well, you, uh, you, you know, you know, Johnny, you, you, talk, you talk about the, the individual win-loss win record side of it here. What I think is important to look at, Daryl, is – more, more so the team aspect. He's gone out there every single time that he has taken the ball in the last month, and he has given this team an opportunity to win. So whether or not he got the individual win or not, I always look at it as he's gone out there. He has done his job. He has put this team in a position to win baseball games right there, and that's what you want, and that's what you look for out of a veteran guy like Lance Lynn that has been around and pitched in big moments like he has. Tomorrow's a big moment here, and again, this is a guy that I love having in this spot. Yeah, I, I would honestly, I would if I had my choice, I wouldn't have anyone else. So I'm glad the rotation aligns, and that is what the plan was to bring him back here. Uh, and I think he will be effective if they do get this game in. Uh, but I also won't be too upset if they don't get this game in because I would assume that means they shove him just back to Thursday, and I'll be at the ballpark Thursday. So I love the Lance Lynn Day. Uh, you know, uh, a little selfish reasons there, but I, you know, I do hope they can get this in and just you know squash it and then get this split here. Uh, you know, maintain uh, where they're at uh, with with this, and you know even add on to that uh we there and then also you know like you said 
take away that mental edge, not say, oh, well, we won two of these last couple series against the White Sox. No, it's, uh, you know, we were going to be, you know, the, the staunch ones and you go up against, you know, sure. You got one of our guys that's uh, a little inconsistent here with Dylan Cease. Uh, you, got, you get one from him here uh, and you get the second game of a doubleheader and one that we already split took the first game. Uh, but no, once you go up against our best stuff, uh, you ain't get you ain't getting past us. So that, that's kind of what I want to see instilled here. Um, I, I've been slacking on these every time I've been on for the past seems like the past three, four shows I've done. So we need to get picks to click. Let's do them on here. So you're not dashing them out in the text messages uh, in the Sox on tap group, Steve, go ahead. Who you got for uh, uh, Wednesday's game? Assuming we get it in. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take uh Yasmani Grandal here. I'm, I'm assuming he's going to be in the lineup here tomorrow, day game after a night game. So I would anticipate he will be in that spot ahead of Zach Hounds. Um, you know, going to have, have a relatively young pitcher going on the mound there for, for the Cleveland Indians there. And maybe just maybe this is one of those spots where Yaz kind of jumps account a little bit and uh, tries to inflict a little damage. So, so I'd, I'd be watching for that maybe early on here first second at bat tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I uh, like that pick a lot. I would assume that's a safe bet uh, with Zach Collins starting tonight. And like you'd mentioned, the night to day game uh, on the getaway day uh, for the White Sox there. I like Yaz. Um, that's a good pick. And uh, I'm going to go with Nick Madrigal, a guy that I would assume will be in the lineup tomorrow. Um, yeah, I, I'm just impressed with the uh, uh, ninth inning at bat that he had. And he knew what his job was and he knew where to place it. And he was able to do so effectively. So if he gets himself in a situation like that, uh, I feel like he can come through. Uh, in that and maybe a guy's uh, up a couple bases there so he's the one driving in a run there um, and you know kind of extending something uh, like a rally like we had today uh, or just piling on uh, if we're scoring early scoring often um, I, I think Nick Madrigal could be a catalyst there so been a while since I picked Nicky Sticks I'll go back to him here I like your pick of Diaz too as well so uh, Steve great to be back on with you tonight um, let's get final thoughts and then I will get our housekeeping in and we'll wrap this thing up Lance Lynn just go out there and do what you do baby Get this game in. Let's find a way to get this win tomorrow and get that split and then get back home and take care of business against the toilet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Uh, Lance Lynn, like you said, uh, fear the beard. Uh, that is the theme of the day tomorrow's easy top all morning per usual. Uh, get your fear of the beard shirts at ontapsports.bigcartel.com. You got the nice outline of Lance Lynn with the 33 in the hat. Uh, fear the beard underneath it, white shirt, uh, you know, uh, with the black print on it. So that's nice. We are going to have Dallas Keuchel ones, hopefully get the whole line uh, for our beard guys going out. But, you know, uh, Lance Lynn, I think it's uh, deserving uh, of the T-shirt most recently. So I will definitely. Definitely be wearing mine tomorrow. Uh, I'll post a few more pictures and uh, get those up there. If anyone wants to go, I'll get the link out too um, from Socks on Tap. So we can, uh, you know, if you want to join in on the Fear of the Beard movement, that's what I'm on. You get your stopper here of, of sorts. And Lance Lynn is that uh, most recently. So I'm ready to flush this one down the toilet um, and just get back on track, split the series, and we'll go back and uh, hopefully get a four-game sweep of Detroit at home. So uh, that, that is all we've got here for the Sox on Tap postgame show. Once again, Tuesday's game that we were recapping, White Sox fall 6-5 to five to the Cleveland Indians. Uh, finale uh, is scheduled for Wednesday. Rain is in the forecast, though, so do not be surprised if that is rained out. Uh, this show is presented by ontapsportsnet.com. Make sure you're visiting ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. You can follow us on Twitter at SoxOnTap and at ontapsportsnet. When you're doing White Sox shopping, Grandstand is the place to go. Go and visit them at grandstandsocks.com and follow them on social media at GrandstandSox. So, Steve, that's it. Blowing all my hot air for tonight. Three words. White Sox forever. White Sox for life.